Hi, everybody, and welcome to El Camino People, the podcast. This, the third season, is the season where I'm having, you know, a lot of pilgrims that have been the previous seasons coming back and talk about different Caminos, about different experiences in life. And today we have a dear friend that was with us in previous season, but she decided to write a book about her journey. So let me present you to Colby. How are you doing, Colby? So nice to have you here. So nice to be back. Thank you. So this is not your first book. You already have written other books, but this is your first personal experience. They want more fictional books. Yeah, yeah. This is my first nonfiction that I've ever written in publishing or not. I had never done nonfiction stuff, so it was a big challenge. And you know, one of the things one of the things right now it seems like a lot of people that walk the Camino decide to write a book. But what led you, you know, from your Camino to write a book over your Camino? Like was that something that when you went into the Camino you already knew? Or no. does something tell you that happened? But some people go to the Camino and start taking notes and things. Yeah. I know a lot of authors that walk the Camino. I mean, even if you watch the way that everyone goes off of, you know, there was that author writing, you know. Um, but yeah. like I said, I never wrote nonfiction. So it was never even a thought of mine at the time. I kept a journal every day that I walked. So I had my um, journal that I wrote in and I wrote um, onto different Facebook pages, like a blog every day. So uh -huh. I had those things. And a lot of the people that read from the Facebook or people that I came across on the Camino that knew I had written books, they're like, oh, you should write, a, you should write about this. And I would just kind of laugh it off like, yeah, yeah. And um, I don't even know why I ended up really putting it down to paper. I guess so many people urged me to that I eventually did, but it was never my plan to do it. Why not? And like you will think, you know, coming from a, from an author that has written and you know with a story like yours, you will think like, why not? Yeah, I mean, to me, it was so very strange, especially when actually writing it to write about myself. Um, I always, I write fiction like realistic fiction new adult stuff so it's not fantasy or anything so it's mm -hmm. very normal but i'm always in someone else's head or a character's head yeah. and it's not my own feelings and i never like when people try and put my feelings on my characters so they, uh, there's nothing in your previous book there is nothing from you all of it is fiction there's nothing based on I mean, there's pieces I like, like different yeah. yeah but not my own stuff um so to write about myself was very strange and i didn't know how to do it honestly um and i went through so many The first, I rewrote the entire first half of the book after finishing it because I didn't know how to write it. Like I didn't know if I was supposed to write in first person or present tense or past tense because I had never done that before. So it was definitely a challenge. It was a good challenge, but. And how does one go when you, you know, I'm like one of the things right now, I think every pilgrim or every, you know, human being has thought about writing a book, but <laughs> how do you go from something that you have something so intense that suddenly you decided to write a book? Write a book. Yeah, I um so I'm a weird person when it comes to my writing process. And I know everyone makes fun of me, but I have to hand write everything first. Um and wow. that I <laughs> Yeah, I know. And then I'll type it and then I'll edit it on different platforms. Um But for this one, I had all my handwritten journals already. So I didn't handwrite it. I went right, right from the journals 
to actually typing it. And I'm huge into photography pictures as well. So every time I wrote about it, I had my pictures out from it and I had my journal and my time on the Camino, even though it was in 2018, you know, I can remember almost every minute detail, whether it was a left-hand turn, right-hand turn, the smell, what the weather was like, that kind of thing. So it came very easily um, when I started writing it and once I got into it about remembering things. And it was so nice to relive it fully. But um, it was hard at times because it wasn't all sunshine and roses for our Camino, you know. And, mm -hmm. and a big part of it is about the battle with depression and talking about that. So being open and honest about that was difficult too. And that's one thing I want to, you know, for people that want to know more about the Camino, I think it's great if they go back to the old, you know, episode of the podcast. But tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about what was your motivation of going for you to your Camino because I think it's something, you know, that it really helped a lot of people. And I think that was, you know, the whole thing of, getting your book out there and yes. that's what i believe you know the power of his of stories and human histories and people and like it's so much powerful the so please if you can tell us a little bit of why did you decide to go on your camino and also you know tell us a little bit about your friend yes yeah so it's funny because the book you know everyone thinks it's like a book of um, a camino or a travel memoir or whatnot but it's mm -hmm. kind of really three parts and the Camino itself might be the lesser of the three, you know, a huge part of it is I wanted to shed a very honest, true light on what mental illness and depression is mm -hmm. like. Um, I don't think people speak about it enough of the truth. We all know it's bad or it's people suffer from it or whatnot, but unless you have it, people that have it don't really talk about how hard and what it really feels like so I wanted to do that and I try to weave that through every day that we're walking as well with different tidbits um, and then the other major part and it goes with the title of it is that it was a Camino with Maverick with my dog um, and it made things so much harder than if you were to just walk on your own um, it was just as much his Camino as it was mine so that there, is here the screen of the amazing yeah. cover yeah that was taken Con el perro. yes yeah because been, that's funny i did not have that as my title um that's maverick groaning in the background um, <laughs> he knows he's been yeah my my title originally was some a robert frost kind of thing about the one less traveled by and one of my very first readers of it and editors was my dad and he noticed when reading it that this phrase kept coming up over and over again because i was it was asked to me all the time every single day when i would ask for a place to stay or i would say i was doing something you know every single time it was in shock and disbelief disbelief you know with the dog you have the dog with you right you know like with your dog you want to do this so every time he was editing it he had underlined anytime he saw it and so it came up so much in the book that eventually how many have you have you counted huh have you counted how many times i haven't counted it no no that would be so but... funny yeah yeah so he eventually kept doing it and then when i was going back editing and looking at it i was like you know that's true that that is and that's how it became the title of the book yeah but for everyone you know and, and this is something that came out lately on, on facebook your dog maverick is not just a dog it's, it's more than that it's something that is still a, a known here in europe 
But tell us a little bit more about Maverick. Yeah, Maverick is actually right here. I'll swivel for you to see. There's oh, Dear Maverick with hey. a nice leaf. <laughs> um, yeah, he is he's my best friend and I got him <laughs> I got him um man, maybe six or so months, seven months before we left for the Camino. Um so he turned one on our trek and I had gotten him as a support animal for depression. Mm -hmm. um, and not even a month after I got him was when I did end up in a psych ward um, for being suicidal. Uh, so mm -hmm. those were definitely the low points. And ever since then, he has been 24-7 by my side, you know. So it was never a question of if I would do this without him. You know, I was doing it with him, um, no matter what people were saying to, because so many people, you know, leave the dog at home. The dog does not want to go. Don't do it with the dog. But yeah. That's what I wanted to point out the difference, you know, that for you, Maverick is not a pet. It's much more than that. Yeah. And, you know, this came out because lately I saw on Facebook a post about someone that was coming also with a support, you know, animal. Mm -hmm. And they were saying that here in Europe, the, the law is so different, you know, because if you go to States, the support animal is allowed anywhere that you go. There's no rules. There's, I'm like, amen. You know, mm -hmm. there's specific rules. But here, when you talk to people, you know, hotels or it's, this is not my pet. Right. This right. Is and it's, it's interesting because it's still that way very much so um but when we did it in 2018 in spain especially but i think most of europe at the time really unless it was a seeing eye dog for a blind person it, they did not care you know it no, didn't and matter that's the, thing, the only support yeah, dogs that we know kind of like we are used to is that if you're blind yeah that's a support dog other yeah. than that it's a pet Right, exactly. And um, there's a difference in the U.S. between like a psychological support animal and the medical, you know, because there's so many dogs mm -hmm. that are, do amazing things. They know when seizures are coming, oh, yeah. they help with blood pressure, all that stuff. But even then, Spain wouldn't recognize that, you know, it was mm -hmm. just for if you were blind and you had a seeing eye dog. Um, now I'm looking at things because I was supposed to go to Spain last year as well. We didn't end up making it, but... Um, they're so much more open just since it's 2018. Changing, yeah. The whole thing in Europe know. is changing. Yeah, like even if it's just a pet, it doesn't even have to be a support. They can go on a mm -hmm. train now and whatnot. And that was not a thing. So there's passages in the book where we struggled with train trips and everything. And I realized now looking into things that you wouldn't suffer with that if you tried at this point. I think we'll see in the future that you were the Cristobal Columbus. And I have a couple of friends that did the Camino with with a with a with a, with a pet but mm -hmm. you were the first one that did it with the support animal and i think you know little by little the camino is growing and these are new things and we have to give the people also time and mm -hmm. and even you know pilgrims and hotels and everyone because at the end this is still something so known as as you were saying you know even the present is something that we don't talk about we don't yeah. talk about these things and i think we need to talk much more so mm -hmm. everybody knows you know how to see it and how to prevent it and how right. to support right exactly but then you come back, you are working, and then you decide to write your book. And yeah. how, how was the feeling of, of, you know, of reliving and seeing all these memories from the Camino? 
It was amazing. I truly loved it. And you know, what really did it was um, COVID. I work as a teacher. So when COVID happened, obviously the kids are still going to school, but it was all remote. And so we had to be in the schools. There were no kids around and we had to remote teach them. Um, (laughs) And so there's no one else around. I wrote this book mostly during that time. Um, I was like, you know what, now's the time. I have the time. I'm going to sit down and do it. And it was so nice to relive everything because when you're in it, it seemed so hard at the time, you know, I, it, it was, and I know most people that's not their experience on the Camino. It's mm-hmm. just a nice thing, but um, I think I cried probably over half the days along. <laughs> um, there was, I love the, you know, the people that share the Camino like yours. I'm like, sometimes, you know, we're so used to this, all YouTubers and, you know, Instagram, the Camino's beautiful and pretty and Cinderella and Disney. I'm like, no, sometimes it's super hard, but sometimes it does because that's what you need. Probably. Um, yes. here you are. I'm like, after suffering, you never look back and, or think about quitting, but probably think about quitting a couple of times, like a lot of people do, but you succeed. And that was the other thing that in writing this, I really wanted to portray was I didn't want that social media glitz, glam, everything's perfect. You know, I mean, there were times in Pamplona, I was there thinking, what have I done? What am I doing? Did I make the wrong choice? Is this horrible? Is Does Maverick not want to do this? You know, and I didn't want to sugarcoat any of that because that's human experience. And too mm-hmm. often we just make things so rosy, rose-colored glasses and, oh, yeah, if you had a hard time, but it's going to be great. And maybe it will, but you know what? It's okay to not be okay for a little bit. Oh, I love that sentence. You know, the, the singer from the... That thing that it's okay not to be all right. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, but that's the thing. It's okay not to be all right. It's okay to cry. It's okay to have blisters. It's okay to have pain. And <laughs> yeah. then you remember those moments like, yeah, I did it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And what were the, the toughest moments that, you know, when you were writing the book, probably there were like some moments that feel like super hard. Was there, what were any of those moments? Yeah. Um, like reliving what was hard at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was like there's any specific moment that for you will be like the the the, the worst or the best time yeah. at the same time. There's a couple times and it's funny because some people that have read it so far have come and been like I was crying at this point, I was crying at this point, um just reading it, you know, because it was apparently so emotional. But at this point for me, I've experienced it, I lived it, I've processed it, I wrote it. I'm like, yeah, that was hard, but I'm not crying about it now, you know. <laughs> Um, but Pamplona was one rough night because Maverick got very sick that night. So that was hard. And then there was one night in Ornios. Um, and it was a brutally hot day. We had been turned away by like five different places after one place was letting us in just a person's house. They had let us in. And then the grandmother was like, you can't be in here, kicked out, slept on a sidewalk for a while, had somebody, um, the Greenleaf Cafe there, they had a garden. They're like, you can pitch your tent in the garden. So I did that. And then that night, the person came to me and was like, oh, there's a poisonous snake in the garden, so you need to pack up. So it was just like one thing after the other, and it was a rough day. Um, that was probably the worst day for sure. Yeah. And the, the best day, the biggest moment memory that you have on the Camino? Arriving to Santiago. 
for sure. Or just finishing, no, arriving in Santiago. I would say finishing in Finisterre, but we also got denied that day too. So there was hiccups that day as well. <laughs> but... And have you think about making also, you know, there's a couple lists that I know right now, you know, there's more people and more people that are looking to do walk the Camino with their dog and, you know, even some of them with the cat, but with the cat is much easier. And some of them, they do it with the donkey, with a horse, and that's even harder. But when you do it with your dog, have you thought about, you know, doing like a, like a guide or something or, or not or something, you know, that now that you have the book, maybe they can be the book and the guide. Yeah. It's funny you say that because... When I did it, and I like I said, I posted to the Facebook groups, which are a great source of info for anyone mm -hmm. looking to walk. Um, people continued to reach out to me, and they still do. You know, if anyone asks about walking with a dog, I get tagged in whatever post it is because they're like, "This person did it." You yeah, know, there's, there's some um, some Spaniards, and there's a couple you know guidebooks in Spanish, but I don't think there's anything in English about walking the Camino with a dog. No, no, and so I actually not even a full year after walking i had written a blog post on my website um about walking with a dog and like i said i always try and i say this on any of my social medias to be brutally honest um and essentially i said don't do it <laughs> and I, I mean that but i i as i said i have would never have not done it with Maverick, no matter what anyone said. And mm -hmm. Maverick and I went on the next summer to walk part of the Via Francesina until I broke my ankle. Um, and we planned to walk the Portuguese Camino this past summer. Things fell through, you know, so obviously I've come back and done it again, even though I say don't do it. Um, but I say don't do it with a caveat because... I think a lot of people, again, have this great idea, like, oh my gosh, I love my pet, I'm going to do it, it's going to be great, and that's what they see. So when mm -hmm. I break things down to them, you know, like, you need to understand that you now need to do this, 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 yeah. this, you cannot do this, 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 like you this. think. So, and then if you want to weigh that out and you think this is a good idea, go for it. Be my guest. But I have seen people say, all right, I think I'm good. And then they'll message me about five days in and say, we bailed. It's not what we yeah. thought. And I want you, if you want, you can check, you know, the website right here mm -hmm. called bemilsap.com. And I think, you know, the, the walk in the Camino with the dog is like the, kind of like the experience of having an albergue in the Camino. You know, you see the flowers, you see the beauty, but you don't see the dark sides of what you're missing. And like having an albergue is 24 seven mm -hmm. from May till October. You yeah. miss everything, no holidays, no nothing. And going with the dog means sometimes not going to a bar, yes. not going to a restaurant, not going to um, having to run to five, six different houses to find mm -hmm. a place to sleep. Yep. Yeah, and that but, was the thing, because so many people have an idea of what the Camino is, and it's such a community, um, and it's growing and growing, and you're almost never alone, and people find their Camino family, right? Mm -hmm. You're not going to have that with a dog, because you can't be in an albergue with a dog. Yeah. Um, I think we were allowed into two on the entire trek from Saint-Jean to the end, um, where we were allowed to be in like a bunk room. You know, and then maybe four or five where we are, we're allowed to have a private room within the albergue. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it was find some sort of alternative way to sleep. So if you think you're going to have those nice nights in the albergue bonding with people, don't bring your dog. <laughs> yeah, but I guess, you know, it's just, just the, the good size and the bad size. But what are the good size of walking the Camino with your dog? He 
opened me up to so much of the Camino and so much of Spain that I never would have seen. And I write a bit about that in the book as well. Um, because it was, like I said, it's as much his Camino as it was mine. So I needed to find him dog food at certain times. He loves to go swimming. He loves to play in water and play fetch. So anytime there was any sort of water, we had to go play in it. Um, so if we were going through a village and there was a river nearby, we had to find our way into playing in it because he wanted to go swimming. So we went off of the Camino a lot into places that I never would have seen if I didn't have him. You know, you stay, if you're just walking the Camino, you stay on the trail for the most part. The albergues are there. You don't really need to explore much. You can in the afternoons, but we went all over the places, finding a vet, finding something to get food, going to play in the water. And we got to talk to so many more locals than I would have. You know, um, it wasn't just the pilgrims because we really didn't walk with many pilgrims. It was the little old ladies on the stoop that we were, we said hi to or people at the market or yeah. So it was very different and I loved it for that. And tell us a little bit, you were saying, you know, that you were thinking of doing the Camino Portuguese, but then you went into the Via Francigena. What happened in the Via Francigena? Yeah, so we did the Via Francesa the year after our Camino Frances, um, and we had planned to go from Martini, Switzerland, down to Rome, mm -hmm. because that was the time that I would have teaching, that yeah. was my summer, um, and so we were following plan, it was going well, we crossed the Alps through San Bernard Pass, and I like fell off of the edge of a roadway ish thing, you know, like where asphalt and dirt uh -huh. and my ankle broke. Um, so I didn't think wow. it was broken at the time, obviously, but yeah. it, it wasn't good. Um, Italians are the nicest people in the world and they were very helpful during that time. But so we ended up taking a little hiatus there. And then in the midst of that, one of the really bad heat waves was happening. So we only made it to um, basically Aosta uh, in Italy. And then I was still set to be in Italy and eventually get to Rome at a certain point. So we just kind of went off course and we ended up hiking a bunch of different things. We ended up in Zermatt, Switzerland. We hiked the Dolomites. All of this was with the broken ankle, mind you. Um, we went to Germany. We walked across Liechtenstein in a day. So we did all of that, but we didn't finish walking the um, French Asia. But well, would there be a book about the, the journey? Um, you know, I have thought of that because of how fun this was to write. And now that I know how to write it after that whole <laughs> trial and error at the beginning, yeah, I thought it would be enjoyable um, because, yeah, we did spend a whole summer traipsing around Europe, essentially. And so depending on how this is received, since it just came out and we'll see if people actually enjoy it, it could be hated, you know, and then maybe I won't want to write another one. <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> So tell us a little bit, you know, what can people find in Con el Perro? Um, so definitely if you're looking for what the Camino is like, it, I go day by day from my journal entries. Um, so you get a little bit from every day and it was super fun for me to go back and do more research on things in Spain and things of the Camino because I'm a huge history nerd. So get a little bit of history stuff about Camino things, Spanish things, but the focus definitely is on 
me and Maverick and the bond between someone and their dog who is their best friend, essentially. Um, and just highlighting the everyday battles and what depression and anxiety can look like in someone. I love the, the, the quote, the, the dog that brought me back to life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a lot. And I think, like I said, always the reality of things, you know, one of my last things, the afterward, I say how this isn't a cure for depression. You know, I would love for this book and this walk and everything to say, yep, I walked so however many miles and I am good now. Depression mm. is gone. Life is great. And that's not the case. And we can't think that it will be the case. Um, depression is never cured, they say. If you are doing better, they, you called in remission, just like you are with mm -hmm. cancer. Um, yeah. It could come back at any time. And you can learn to manage it. And I think a lot of what this time along the Camino did for me was it didn't cure my depression. That's not a thing. It taught me how to live a life with it still there. I think that's that's the beauty of the Camino. A lot of people right now, I think they're seeing the Camino, you know, as a, as a medical pill, but it's not. It's just the perfect place where you take everything away and let you focus on yourself for a bit of time with people that is going through the same, in this, probably the safest environment ever. And then that's the thing, you know, it doesn't cure you, but puts you in a way and puts you on the way of, you know, then walking more Caminos. And yeah. when you're in a bad moment, you go back to your Camino memory. So you read the book. Conal Perro, you go and read any of the amazing books or watch the movie The Way. Yeah, definitely. It really strips you down to you and who you are and what you want in life and what life really means to you. And that's the beauty of any Camino you want to go and walk. You know, leave everything behind for a bit, put on a backpack and just start walking. Find out who you we'll are pretty out. fast. Yeah. So tell us where can we find the Conal Perro? Um, it's on Amazon for anywhere now. So it's in hardcover, paperback, and Kindle versions and Kindle Unlimited. So this is my first time having a book in hardcover. So that was super exciting for me. And I, I think I like the hardcover. Well, this is the first one. The, the other two are not hardcovers. They were no, they're just paperback. Yeah. So this. Okay. Uh, yeah. So this I one's got a nice little hardcover one. Yeah. Um, but the I'm glad that you chose the, that paper, the, the picture for the. I think it's. Yeah, I um, I love that one. It, that was in Finisterre. And my cover designer who designed my first two covers, obviously, as fictional books, you know, he was able to find whatever to make the covers. Yeah, more and, art, more creation. Yeah, yeah. And for this one, I asked him, I was like, I, I don't know if this is something you do, but I have a lot of pictures from... Mm -hmm. um, my Camino. And so I sent him a sampling of them and this is the one that he chose. And, you know, I did think he was going to choose this one, but if you look at the back cover, there's also other pictures on it. Uh -huh. um, yeah. So there's other ones that he had and those other ones are ones that I had sent him for possible covers that ended up on the back. Um, so, yeah. That's amazing. So my final question is always the final question. Is there any more Caminos on the list or for next year? Are you thinking on going back to the Franchichino, the Portuguese? I would love to. My goal some point in the next couple of years would be to move to Spain, in which case it would be much easier to, <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to it usually makes much easier to walk the Camino when you live in Spain. 
Yeah, yeah. So for now, um, I did just get the new puppy. So now it's Maverick and Goose together. So traveling internationally. So with double trouble? Uh, like how do you travel with two dogs? Uh, yeah, not so easy. So I think we're going to do some road trips. I live in New Hampshire, right? Um, the Mount White Mountains are here. Mm -hmm. um, the Appalachian Trail goes right through. So next summer, I'm thinking we're going to tackle some of Don't that. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a good plan. And yeah. to Spain, you know, one or another great plan. So yes. anyway, best of luck. I invite everyone to go and, you know, look for the Con el Perro on Amazon and also go check Colby's blog if you need any questions about, you know, walking the Camino de Santiago with a dog or support animal. You know, yes. here Colby can help you to go through all the different loops and hoops that <laughs> Spain and Europe has when you're traveling from far away with your love animal and you know the, the, there's nothing better than the experience on the Camino and at the end everyone's is different there is only one Camino that is yours and as you were saying at the beginning you know now things are easier but still something that needs more research than when you go by yourself to the Camino for sure right right definitely and as we always say I hope to see you soon buen Camino Ultrella. Camino